You're listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast, a recording of the Sunday morning service at Hill City Church. We would love to have you join us in person. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Good morning. What's what's some of those good karaoke songs out there? What are the go-tos? Happy birthday. Happy birthday? I can show you the world. I can show you the world. I almost told a story about my childhood, but I won't because I don't want to embarrass myself. Uh, but I may have sang, sang that song on a regular basis in my basement because I was a weird child. <clears throat> no, I could show you the world. Happy birthday to you. I used to sing happy birthday to myself every morning. Just to start off on a good note. Yeah, you got to start off good. Awesome. We're in the middle of a series. We're calling it Spiritual Habits. Um, we're just looking at different ways to foster relationship with, with God. Um, and relationship with God, like relationship with people, it's, it all plays by the same rules. We, we looked at these slides last week, but I want to look at them again. Um, relationship, all healthy relationship needs expressed love on both sides of the equation, right? We have to be able to show how we love that person. Or in this case, we're talking about God. How do I show love to God as God shows love to me? We need to give trust, right? Healthy relationship has given trust. Do I trust? Uh, am I giving my trust to that person? Is that person giving their trust back to me? Are we in a safe environment, right? We need constant com- or consistent communication. If you're just living in the same house, you know, near each other, that, that's not going to foster relationship. We need that genuine, um, consistent communication, talking back and forth um, so we can get to know each other, find deeper levels of relationship. Same is true of God. Shared vulnerability. Are we choosing to be the real, our real self? Right? Relationship needs this. Our relationship with God needs this. When we come to God in prayer, like we talked about last week, are we praying from a place of vulnerability, honesty, realness, rawness? Are we just you know, going through the motions and just praying simple prayers to get by. Um, You need invested time in relationship. You have to have time together. Relationship doesn't happen overnight. It isn't isn't like a, a, a flick of the finger and everything is deep and perfect and everything is grand. It takes work. Relationship takes time. Time with God is true as well. For building relationship there, it takes time. And finally, chosen dependence. Are we choosing to depend on one another? And as we talked about through these these different spiritual habits. We, we talked first week, we talked about scripture and how do we engage God and foster relationship through scripture. Um, last week, we talked about prayer and how do we engage God in relationship and prayer. And that's the key here. You can practice these things as religious tasks and completely miss the point, right? We, we can do these things and practice these things and completely miss the reason for doing them, right? I can read my Bible every day religiously, and I could be no more like Jesus or feel closer to Jesus, you know, six months from now, a year from now than when I started, that I'm doing something wrong. It's in relationship. I'm trying to connect back to my creator. Right? When we, we talk about prayer, is, is prayer just a, a something we're just, you know, words that we're saying? Is it, is it grace at a dinner table rather than a conversation with an actual God? Right? And we're continuing through this, this series. And this week, we're, we're talking about, in spiritual habits, we're talking about um, fasting. I almost forgot what we were talking about there for a second. That'd be weird. And we're talking about fasting, uh, essentially not eating food for a certain amount of time um, to focus in on Jesus. 
Uh, which for a lot of us, I, th- I think this could be one that, that could be practiced in, in religion, right? From religious obligation, we, we practice these things and, and we, we choose not to eat for a day or for a meal or for a week or, or however long that, that we choose to practice these things and completely miss the point of why Jesus asked us to do these things. And it always comes back to relationship. Can I create a dependence on God? Right? But dependence on God doesn't make a ton of sense if you don't know God. Right? If you're not in a relationship with God, you don't know God on an intimate, personal level, yeah, this would make absolutely no sense. Why would I want to pr- deprive myself of food, something I deeply love, for the sake of religion, for the sake of a belief system? No, for the sake of a relationship, it matters. Right? Jesus went to the cross. Went to the cross taking on your sins and my sins on himself. Not just for forgiveness of sins, though that is important and that is great, but it's to restore relationship. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him. Like how crazy is it that we get to talk to the creator of the universe and that he talks back, that we can have that type of relationship. And this is how we're fostering that relationship is through these spiritual habits. And we get to fasting today. I started fasting early on in my life. I think in high school, probably I fasted for the first time and um, I fasted for you know, anywhere between a couple of days or a meal to, to 21 days uh, throughout my life. And I don't say that to say, oh, look how spiritual Josh is. It's not, for, you know, it's not a spiritual thing. It's, a, it's a, just a, a devotion thing of how do I recenter myself back to Jesus. Um, but the first time I ever pre- fasted for a really long period of time. Um, it all started with, I was, I was actually with my mom. We're traveling up to Fargo, which she doesn't remember this trip. We actually talked about it this week. We went to go visit my, my older brother and his family. We drove, and on the way there, we're just listening to, to audiobooks because that's what I do on road trips because that's the best time to listen to audiobooks. You can knock out like two or three in one trip. Like, how awesome is that? Uh, but we're on this trip, and we're listening to this, this um, audiobook, and the pastor that was talking about it just made a, a, a side comment. It wasn't even the point of whatever he was trying to make. He just said, oh, our church fasts for 21 days to start every year. 21 days? You don't eat for 21 days? That's crazy talk. I'm pretty sure you die if you don't eat for 21 days. Like those are the things running through my head, but I couldn't shake it. And that audiobook ends and the trip continues on and I couldn't shake it. Just like, well, maybe, maybe God wants me to fast for 21 days. Here's the beautiful thing about my relationship with God. I'm naive enough to just do things because I think God's in the midst of it, right? I, I stopped playing hockey and, and chased after a, a career in ministry. Uh, I decided to fast because I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the difference of it. Like, sure, if this is what God says to do, he must be in the midst of this. So I looked at my calendar and, and I, I kind of picked the dates that would be less obtrusive to my life. Right? I knew I had a retreat coming and I wanted to end before that because it'd be really awkward not to eat on a treat around a bunch of people and have to explain yourself over and over and over again. It's awkward. Uh, but I picked those dates. <clears throat> and this was like a month and a half, two months uh, after this time in the car. I picked these dates and this date finally arrives. Um, this date finally arrives. Uh, it's a Monday. Um, I start fasting for 21 days. And on that Monday with my previous boss, he just puts me on blast that morning. And that creates a, a time in my life of just hectic, worst career moments of my life with, with an insecure leader. Um, these moments are just like, I want to die. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be a part of this. And God says, stay faithful in the midst of this. You're like, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to work for this guy. And this is the day my fast started. And it went through that journey of the 21 day. I went to this retreat and on this retreat, I actually quit my job <laughs> and was talked into keeping it. But I look back at it now and it's, it's rather entertaining and funny to look at it now in the midst of it. It was hard. 
But the crazy part of it is God asked me to fast for 21 days, knowing I was about to go into a really difficult season. Two months before I ever knew any of this was going to to play out the way that it did, God asked me, hey, spend more time with me. Right, cut some things out of your life, in this case, food. And when you're thinking about food, think about me. Spend more time with me. That's really what fasting is. It creates a dependence on God. Right, Paul's quoted, uh, Paul's a writer in the New Testament. He's, he's quoted, he quotes God. He says, in the midst of my weakness, that's where, God is, that's where God's power is shown. We have to create that weakness in our lives for God to be seen. This is why it's difficult for, for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven because they can take care of themselves, right? You could live this life without God and live a pretty successful life, at least from the world's standards. That's just the reality and the truth. But you're missing out on so much depth, the meaning of what life could actually be. So much support and courage and, and, and the ability to chase crazy, big, huge dreams and not just survive or, or exist if I'm not walking with my creator. And that's why it matters. That's why we do these types of things. So we cut out something of our life like fasting. We're cutting out food. We're cutting out to create a dependence on our God. When I'm thinking about food for day after day or hour after hour or minute by minute, I get to think about my God and, and, and going back to Him for my strength, my, my, you know, being able to sustain and keep moving forward. This is why we practice fasting. Because it creates that dependence, right? We have to choose dependence on each other for the sake of relationship. This is me choosing to depend on God. This is me choosing to trust that he has me in his hand. We see fasting all throughout scripture. We see it with King David of the Old Testament. We see it with with the early church all through the book of Acts. Fasting was in commonplace. But Jesus had some words on fasting in Matthew chapter 6. And this is where we're going to be today. If you have your Bibles or if not, the, the verses will be on the screen. And this is the middle of, of the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus is going through a, a variety of different teachings of what is his kingdom supposed to look like. And this, these verses actually come right after the verses we covered last week on how to pray. But this is verse 16. It says, when you fast, do not look sober, excuse me, do not look somber um, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put, on, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen and your father uh, who sees uh, what is done in secret will reward you. In these three short verses, we're going to kind of break apart um, four different truths or four different things we need to take uh, to heart. And when we look at fasting, the first one's this, it's those first three words of this verse. It says, when you fast, if you're taking notes and write this down, point one, fasting should be commonplace for the believer. He didn't say, if you fast, if you decide to do this at some point in your life, go by these rules, live by these guidelines. He says, no, no, no. When you do it, there was an expectation already set in the culture, an expectation we still set today that we should be fasting on a somewhat regular basis. I have a friend right now that they've chosen to fast every Friday. Every Friday. Why every Friday? I have no idea. It seems really crazy to me, but that's how they feel like they should be fasting. So after dinner Thursday, they don't eat until dinner Friday. 
because they want to create a dependence. They want to bring focus back to God, right? When, when I fast, I, I typically fast to, to bring focus back to God. When something feels off, it doesn't feel right. I, I feel like, you know, I'm moving this way and God's moving this way. We're drifting apart. It's in those moments that I choose to fast to get back on track. And we'll get in the practical of, of how do we actually fast, but there is an expectation here to fast. And I think this is a terrifying for a lot of us. You're like, well, I don't think you understand, Josh. When I don't eat, I get headaches and I get really grumpy and most people don't want to be around me. So doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. Doesn't mean we shouldn't practice, you know, it, developing those muscles. There, there's power inside of it. When I'm in the middle of a fast, it doesn't feel super spiritual. But when I come out of it, you're like, whoa, look what God has done. It's like that first 21-day fast that I ever did. Here I am in the midst of hard, you know, hard times of life, difficult seasons. <coughs> and I'm able to look back at it now and say, man, look what God did. Look how it wasn't worried. It wasn't freaked out. wasn't, you know, terrified if I had to go find a new job. I remember having a conversation with my dad in the midst of that season. We were talking on the phone and I was updating on what was going on that, that specific week. And um, he was just like, Josh, you feel like you're, you feel like pretty calm about all this. Like you don't seem that worried. You're like, I'm, I'm really not. It's weird, dad. I, I think it's just Jesus. I'm not really sure. Looking back at it, I say, yeah, 100%. It was Jesus giving the strength and walking me through it. Now I'm not saying this. Practicing fasting is a, is a habit to be developed. I wouldn't say, hey, tomorrow, go start a 21-day fast. That's a big deal, right? Probably should talk to your doctor before you go making a decision to fast more than, you know, three or four days. But we can start the habit. It could be with a meal, right? I'm, I'm just not going to fast, you know, uh, every Tuesday, I'm not eating lunch. And then increasing it to a day, to a week. Um, not like over you know, a span of a couple of months, but over a span of a lifetime. One of my goals in life, one day to fast for 40 days because I want to be more like Jesus. And Jesus fasted for 40 days. Seems impossible because he's Jesus, but like he could do it through me. I am nowhere near wanting to fast for 40 days. No thanks. But Jesus continued to work on my heart. We may get to that place. It's the same thing with spending time with God and, and prayer. We talked about this last week. Start somewhere. But don't let that, be, that somewhere be the place you finish and stop. Keep increasing it. Keep looking for ways to connect with God more. Right? But there is an expectation that Jesus has here that it should be common practice that we fast. Let's keep going in these verses. Do not look somber uh, as the hypocrites do. do, not, do for they disfigure their faces, for they show others they are fasting. I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Fasting should come, should be from a place of humility. Um, shouldn't be a place of like, look at me. Shouldn't be a place of like, look how spiritual and godly of a person I am. I fast. That's not the point. The point is to foster relationship with God. The point is to redirect my thoughts and, and, and my behaviors towards God. Shouldn't be what other people are saying. So keep it quiet. It's not important. Tell a couple of people, um, people that love Jesus and love you in that order because it creates a little bit of accountability. It'd be really easy to start a fast one day. You're like, yeah, I'm going for, for three days. And on you know, the end of day one, you're like, I'm done because nobody else knows. All right? We can give ourselves grace when those things happen. But at the same time, like there's accountability that gets created. We tell somebody else. But we shouldn't tell the world. If you're posting it on social media, you've missed the point, right? Like, like, no, you should just stop posting on social media in general, but that's for a different sermon for a different day. 
But there should be a level of humility here. The other piece of this, it's humility of like, God, I'm not in control. I'm not in control for the next however many hours, however many days. I'm not in control of what I eat because I'm not going to eat. Right, God, you are in control. Right, let's put God back on his throne where he rightfully deserves to be in our lives. Right, it's not just he doesn't want some of our lives, he wants all of our lives. So it's placing ourselves properly below him that I'm not controlling my life anymore. God, you are. I can't sustain not eating for so many days. I'm going to want food, but you can sustain me through that. Right? Are we creating that, that humility inside of us? That should be our posture. That should be our goal. Um, it's really difficult on the practical side of this. We choose to fast, especially for a significant amount of time. Um, it, it gets really difficult. How do you explain it when you're sitting at the dinner table and, nobody, and you're not eating with anybody else? What I found is just be really short about it. And people usually leave you alone. It's like, yeah, I'm fasting. I can't really talk about it. I'll tell you later. And they're like, okay, cool. Then you got those nosy people that push a little bit more and just be a little bit more you know, aggressive with them. Be like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you later. I can't talk about it now. Right? Because it matters, right? Jesus says right here, you're going to get your, 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 your reward in full if your reward is to get the praise of men. If you really want what God has for you in the midst of this journey, keep your mouth shut. If you really want to experience what God has for you in fostering relationship with Him, reconnecting with Him, re- re- refocusing back to Him, keep your mouth shut. Nobody needs to know. It's fine. Tell one, two people. Tell your spouse. And you could talk about it after the fact. But in the midst of it, we want to keep our focus on Jesus. We want to keep a position of humility. Let's keep going to verse 17. But when you fast... Put oils on your head and wash your face. Make sure you look good so that it will not be obvious to anyone that you are fasting. Here's the point. Fasting shouldn't change your behavior, right? Just because you're fasting doesn't mean you get to forsake the other commands that Jesus has given us. More specifically, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Just because I'm fasting and I'm trying to connect with God does not mean I get to be a jerk to those around me because I'm hangry. That's not who God has called me to be, regardless of what's going on in life. I have to love my neighbor. Right? I have to choose to engage and invest in people around me, because that's what Jesus has asked me to do. That's the Christian life. And just because I'm in the midst of a spiritual discipline, I'm trying to practice and connect with God, and it's really hard and really difficult, doesn't mean I get to disengage from my community and my people, and it doesn't mean that I get to be a jerk around those I interact with. You got to figure it out. And then that might be praying every 10 minutes. Hey, Jesus, just give me the patience to be able to get through this next 10 minutes. And maybe 10 minutes is too much. Jesus, give me the patience to get to this next minute. He'll give it. That's who he is. But it shouldn't change our behavior. It shouldn't change everything that we're doing. We should just go on living life as we typically would, loving those around us well. Right? You're going to have the headache. It's going to be in the back of your head and it's going to be annoying and all of those things. You're going to want to be irritable and you want to take shots. Fight them. Fight them. Fight them. Shouldn't change your behavior. Let's keep going in, in the second part of verse 18. But only to your father who is unseen and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Here's the reward. Fasting should create a dependence on Jesus. 
That's the reward. To know Jesus more. To have greater impact and direction and guidance and wisdom beyond your understanding or comprehension. To have more peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. It's more Jesus. We were having a conversation this week with our our ministry team and we are talking about, you know, uh, different things that could harm our community. And they said the solution to, to these things is we need more Jesus. I know that's the church answer. I get it. I know it doesn't seem like it's enough. You're like, there's no way that can be the answer, but it is. I've walked with Jesus for, I don't know, 30 years now. A little less than 30 years. A lot less than 30 years. I'm not that old. <laughs> but And I've watched Jesus change my personality change my heart, make me more caring, make me actually compassionate for people and not just faking it. But that came from being with Jesus. If you're not more like Jesus today, right, as Paul tells the Corinthians, the goal is that you're more like Christ. If you're not more like Jesus today than you were six months ago or two weeks ago or a year ago, you're doing something wrong. And what you're doing wrong is you're not spending time with Jesus. I know it sounds like the church answer. I get it. But I'm telling you, it's the solution. When we choose to fast, we choose to practice these spiritual disciplines. It creates greater dependence on Jesus, which gives more trust, which gives more love for me because he got me through it. That I watched him do things in the midst of hard times. Right? That, that builds something inside of me. It creates dependence. It gives me more Jesus. So when we're fasting... Fasting should be commonplace in the Christian life, whatever that may look like. My challenge to you is is fast at some point in the next month. It could be for a day. It could be for a week, depending on how you fasted in the past. I wouldn't say jump to a week right away. That seems like a lot and probably going to be really difficult. But if Jesus is calling you to it, who who is it for me to say otherwise? Let Jesus lead the way. Fasting should should be from a place of humility. It shouldn't change our behavior in the midst of it. And it should lead to creating dependence on Jesus. Let me give you some just practical tips. You're going to start fasting. First tip is this, start small. Don't overwhelm yourself. Don't think like you got to be that super Christian that takes on the world. That is not what Jesus wants. Jesus just wants your heart. So start small, start somewhere. If you've never fasted before, start with Skip breakfast and and lunch. Why? Because it sucks to go to bed uh, hungry, so don't skip dinner. (laughs) Right? If you're going to do a couple of days fast, start your fast at dinner, the beginning of it, and end with dinner so you don't go to bed hungry because that's miserable. Nobody wants to do that. Uh, But pick those days and look at your calendar. What days make the most sense? Days that you're not around people a lot are better days. Why? Because you don't have to explain why you're not eating and they are. Right? I, I want everything Jesus has for me in the midst of that fast, whatever that's going to look like. I don't want your praise because that means I'm not going to get all Jesus wants because I'm getting your praise. I'm going to keep my mouth shut about it. Right? So look through your calendar what works best. Push yourself just a little bit if you fasted before. Maybe it's two days this time instead of one. Uh, I oftentimes pick a prayer to pray. It can be something simple. God, make me more like you. 
God, draw my heart closer to your heart. God, help me see the world and people as you see the world and people. Pick whatever you feel like God's asking you to pray for. And every time you feel hungry, it'll be a lot. You'll pray this prayer hundreds of times throughout a couple of days. And pray that prayer over and over again. Whatever it happens to be. In that season, that, uh, that first 21-day fast that I did, it was stay faithful. I just kept reminding myself, God, help me stay faithful. Help me do what you've called me to do. And I repeated it over and over and over again. That became the mantra. But find that one prayer, keep it simple. doesn't be super long. Second, spend more time with Jesus. Right? That's why you're fasting. Right? If you only, you only spend time with Jesus once or twice a week and you're fasting for a few days, make sure you're spending time with Jesus every day. If you've already built up that discipline, you're spending time with Jesus every day, spend time with Jesus multiple times throughout that day. Right? That's, that's the goal. We're trying to create a dependence on God. If I'm going to create a dependence on God, I've got to be near God. I've got to be spending time with God. I can't just be living my life in parallel with Him and not talking to Him. Legalism is not the way of Jesus. You may screw up. You may throw that carrot in your mouth and didn't even think about it, but it was there and that's what we do. Or that piece of candy. Like, forgive yourself. Ask Jesus forgiveness and move on. He's not going to be like, oh, you, you've totally ruined this fast. I no longer can give you or bless you in any way because you screwed up on this fast. No, that's not God. That's not who he is. He's a God full of grace. So give yourself grace. If you screw up that fast and you break it, start another one. It's okay. This is the beautiful thing about this Christian life and this Christian faith is we get to get back up as many times as we need to. That's why Jesus went to the cross. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to be with Jesus and let him do the work in me. We talked about this. Tell a close friend that you're fasting. Someone that loves Jesus and loves you in that order. It creates some accountability, but don't tell the world. If you're going to fast for a long period of time, I started to fast not knowing these things, uh, which are really disappointing. But if you're going to fast for, for more than a week, they usually tell you you need, a week, you need a day of recovery for every week that you fast. So 21 days is three weeks. You need three days of recovery. Meaning first day coming back, you're, you're drinking juices and smoothies because your digestive system starts to slow down at 21 days. <coughs> starts to actually shut itself down. So you got to come back for the healthy in a good way. Right? So if you're fasting for a long period of time, the more that increases. If you're fasting for a few days, I wouldn't say run to Chipotle and get the biggest burrito to break your fast. It's probably a really bad idea. Uh, but, but be smart about coming out of the fast. Prepare for it. Uh, and there's a lot of information out there. You know, Christians, sure, we, we fast, but the, the fitness community fasts as well for other health reasons. They have a ton of research and information on it of how do you come out of fast in a healthy way. Um, and then figure out your start time and your end time. And you definitely want to end on a, on a, on a dinner because you don't want to go home and wait for breakfast. Uh, that's, that's a bad day. Um, those are kind of the practical pieces of this. In my experience, there's nothing in my life, there's no spiritual habit that I perform um, that I do with, in fostering relationship with Jesus that re-centers me and gets me connected to Jesus quicker than fasting. And like I said, it doesn't feel super spiritual in the moment. It's pretty everyday life. doesn't feel, you know, ooh, God moments everywhere. I don't experience that, but after the fact, I see the fruit of it. And I do them on a regular basis. I don't do 21 days on a regular basis. That'd be nuts. Uh, but probably about once a year at this point. Um, so push yourself. 
Look for ways to connect back with God. Practice this discipline of, of uh, this uh, spiritual habit of, I didn't look to see what we called it, spiritual habit of fasting. Uh, push yourself just a little bit. See what God will do. Um, and if you're like, hey, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this, but I think God's calling me to do this. He is calling you if you're thinking it. Um, just to answer the question for you, if you're wondering, uh, and you're like, hey, I just need to come talk to one of our leaders. We love to pray with you and pray with you in the midst of it. Most likely, whoever you ask will probably fast with you in, in, in support. Right? That, that's who we want to be and help you through it. Um, don't try to do this on your own. You don't got to be a lone ranger. Um, but this is a great tool to connect us back with Jesus. Um, why he went to the cross to foster relationship. And here's a tool for us to, to foster that relationship, to find deeper meaning in who Jesus is, to find really what his character is like, to really understand his grace that he constantly gives. It's a great tool for that. We finish up this series next week. We're talking about community and what does community generally look like. Um, Noah's going to be back up. Hopefully Noah knows that. He may have forgotten. I don't know. Um, but if you could be praying for me, this is a selfish prayer. Uh, my dad passed away a year ago. Ooh. This coming Friday. <clears throat> um, so that's why I'm not preaching next week because I feel like that's going to be miserably hard. Um, so just pray for support for my family, uh, for my stepmom, Dane. Ooh, I did not expect to cry. Um, <clears throat> grieving is a good thing. Grieving is a healthy thing. Grieving means that you deeply love and that person mattered. So you should grieve. <clears throat> but be praying for me and, and my family as we, we go through this weekend. Let me pray for you as we continue our service. Lord Jesus, <clears throat> God, more than anything, thank you. Thank you for going to the cross. Um, thank you for, for dying the sinner's death in my place, in our place. God, so we can be forgiven, but more than that, God, that we can know you and be known by you. God, thank you that, that you talk to us God, thank you that you guide us. God, thank you that you provide for us. God, even in the difficult seasons of life, even when it gets really hard, God, even in those moments, you are there and we praise you for it. And God, in the moments that are great, in the moments that are full of joy and happiness and excitement, God, we thank you that you're in those places as well. God, keep reminding us that, that these spiritual habits we don't do out of a religious obligation. That's not what you've asked of us. But God, we do them to know you more. God, we do them to be near you closer. So God, prick our hearts, encourage us and challenge us um, to practice these disciplines. God, whether it's spending time with you, reading your recorded word. God, whether it's uh, through prayer and learning how to actually communicate with you and talk with you. Or God, whether it's through fasting or we deprive ourselves of something so we can create a dependence on you. God, we love you. God, we love what you're doing here in this place. We love the community that you're building. God, we love the, the, the small impact we've had on our neighborhood that's only going to be growing as we try to love people around us well. God, what you've called us to isn't easy. Being Christians and, and living this life, trying to love people that don't want to love us back is hard. But God, this is what you've called us to do. This is how we make an impact. And God, we know you're in the midst of it. We know you're with us. And when it's hard, God, we know we can lean on you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Be with us the rest of the service. In your son's precious name, amen.
Thanks for listening to the Hill City Teaching Podcast. We hope it was helpful to you to become a more devoted disciple of Jesus. More information can be found at www.hillcity.church. Thank you.